Hey, listener, are you happy with your current chicken wings? Do you wish you had something a little saucier? If you answered yes, then it might be time for you to break up with your old chicken wings and get a new honey. Lemon pepper wing from Popeye's. Share the wings with your friends so they can see it's time to move on, too. Head to Popeye's and get six-piece honey lemon pepper wings for $5.99 at participating U.S. restaurants. Price may vary. If you don't know SiriusXM, then listen up. Commercial-free music plus sports, comedy, talk, and news. They have it all. And right now, you can get your first three months of SiriusXM outside the car for just $1. Go to SiriusXM.com busted to see offer details and to subscribe. Offer available to new SiriusXM streaming subscribers. SiriusXM, no car required. This is the Busted Open Podcast. You can listen to the full show Monday through Saturday from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. Welcome to the Busted Open Podcast. This is Dave LaGreca. First of all, on this episode, we dedicate this show to love and support to Shad Gaspard and his family and what they're going through right now. Again, we dedicate the Busted Open Podcast to Shad Gaspard and his family and friends. And we get into, as always, Monday Night Raw with my tag team partner, Bully Ray. The ups and downs, the good, the bad, and the ugly about Monday Night Raw. The main event with Baron Corbin and Drew McIntyre. And also Charlotte and Ruby Ryan, how that match should have been played out a lot different. Also, we get into Zelina Vega and Austin Theory. All that right now on the Busted Open Podcast. And tell me if I'm wrong. It you're wrong. seems. Uh, wait until I say what I have to say first. Well, most of the time you're wrong. wrong, so might as well just give you the answer before you even answer the question. Appreciate that. Um, we talk a lot about NXT, AEW, Impact. We talk about all the world of pro wrestling. You know, we're going on. You know, I guess like the the third month of this. Uh, of this pandemic and what we've been dealing with here in, in our world and the world of pro wrestling. And it seems like as uncomfortable as, as it is, a lot of the shows have kind of found their footing when it comes to handling this situation, watching Monday night raw, it, it really truly feels like they haven't figured out what to do, how to deal with this situation. And it seems like each and every week, there's a different vibe. They haven't found their footing yet. Am I wrong? Um, I'll say this. I'm starting to enjoy SmackDown more than Raw. Does that tell you something? Well, and I, think I feel big... like there's a better vibe on SmackDown than there is at Raw. I mentioned last week that NXT finally started to get a little bit lighter, seemed to have more fun. SmackDown as well. First of all, SmackDown probably has the one must-see wrestler in the company right now in Otis. So you at least you have him every Friday. Uh, you have a three-hour show on Mondays, and it still feels very cold. They do have the Street Profits and the, uh, the Viking Raiders, which we'll get into. Uh, and that seems to be the one thing that they build up throughout the show with kind of like a fun and entertaining payoff. Outside of that, I don't think they really have that formula that they're comfortable with yet on that show, Bully. Uh, listen, it's been difficult without the fans there, but 
there seems to be some shows that are doing a better job without the fans there. We could make a case for last week's NXT, and we can definitely make a case for all of the dynamites that we've seen so far because they have they have found a way during the pandemic era to make their television shows a lot more fun and a lot more entertaining, at least to me. Um, there's a very cold feel to Monday Night Raw. Yes. There's a there's there's an for three hours, things are very, very serious on Raw. Um, uh, with the Street Profits and the Viking Raiders, I find myself extremely entertained by them. I love the idea of, you know, the Prophets not thinking that the Raiders could play basketball and the Raiders not thinking that the Prophets could throw axes. And I think that these are little entertaining things that are showing the diversity of, of both teams uh, when it comes to outside of the ring. And that's the kind of, if you're going to give me a three hour show on a, on a Monday night, Give me some of that levity. I mean, there's a lot of real serious stuff going on. Dark Seth and what's going on with Selena and her crew and Randy and Edge. Everything is really, really serious. And I'm not saying you got to take that seriousness away, but give me some fun stuff too. You mentioned Otis. Man, that whole Otis thing that's going on with Otis and last week with Braun and then the whole thing with Mandy and, you know, him gyrating and thrusting and trying to hump the briefcase every chance he gets, that's that's making me laugh. It's bringing a smile to my face. And I'd like to see a little bit more of that on, on Raw. I mean, there's so much talent there that you can show me, you know, a little bit of diversity uh, w within these characters. And I think that's what I'd like to see a little bit more of. Well, you know, you mentioned about maybe being a little bit more fun and a little bit more lighthearted. And I totally agree with you, but I'm even going to take it a step further. And you and I talked a lot about last week after Monday night raw, how they're using the term wrestlers and wrestling, especially in the matchup between Edge and Randy Orton that we're going to see at Backlash. But for a wrestling show, and this is where I actually gave Raw credit, they really gave a lot of depth and layers and storytelling in their matches. There were some fans that did not like it, and there was some criticism that the matches were too long. I actually loved the lengthy matches because when done the right way, Bully, Matches should tell a story. And I thought the matches that we were seeing on Monday Night Raw, those lengthy matches, those 20, 22-minute matches on Monday Night Raw, were telling a story. That was yeah, the one you... positive. But they went in a completely different de uh, direction last night. Some matches that, on paper, I was really looking forward to wound up being two-and-a-half, three-minute matches last night. So they went from one direction going in a completely different direction, and there was absolutely no storytelling in their matches on Monday Night Raw last night. There were, there were things that caught my attention last night, whether they were executed well or whether I would like to see things executed in a different way or people that just entertained me. Um, you know, obviously the Randy and Edge thing is going gonna, is gonna to catch you right off the bat because that's such a serious, deep-rooted story with guys that we we know that we love that we hate that we appreciate um i mean the, it's just there and we wanted to see was edge going to accept the challenge and he did you know uh something like ruby riot caught my eye it's a non-title match against charlotte flair right 
Yeah. To me, Ruby Riot, I, I think there's something there with Ruby. I'd like to see her get more of an opportunity. Would it have absolutely killed them last night for Charlotte Flair to slip on a banana peel and Ruby Riot get a one, two, three? I mean, what would what would really, really happen? Like, what negative would there be? I think people would appreciate Ruby a little bit more, and maybe they could get a little bit of steam underneath uh, underneath Ruby. Um, I think she's got a unique look. I think she can get the job done on the microphone. She needs more reps in the ring without a doubt, because, listen, if you don't get to wrestle all the time, you're going to be a little bit rusty. And then she's got to step, step in there with Charlotte, who's still getting plenty of reps. Um, so, you know, if if... If Ruby would have got the one, two, three, and Charlotte would have kicked on three and three and a half, and you know would have been absolute shocked, man, that would have did a that would have did a, a world of good for Ruby Riot th- this morning, and we'd be we'd be talking about oh my god, Ruby caught one on Charlotte, but they went the typical way last night, which is okay, fine. I mean, what did you th- what did you think? I'm going to stop there, but what did you think about that? Well, I I really, you know, first of all, I agree with you about Ruby Riot. I've liked Ruby Riot even going back before this return. And when you look at Ruby Riot, she has a unique look. She has a unique personality. Why not run with that? First of all, Ruby Riot has done nothing but lose since her return. I don't think she's won one match since her return. So that I have a problem with. Then she's in a a non-title match with Charlotte Flair. Okay, I mean, I don't really understand. It doesn't make any sense. She hasn't won any matches, so why is she walking into a ring with a champion? It's a non-title match. It is what it is. You're right. Why couldn't you have done something different? But I'll even take it a step further, Bully. Why not have a lengthy match where Ruby Riot gets a lot of offense, all of what we saw with Liv Morgan not too long ago? Make it a make it a match where, all right, maybe Ruby Riot loses, but she loses by the skin of her teeth. Like Charlotte, re, Charlotte wins the match by the skin of her teeth. Or like you said, why not go all out? It's a non-title match. Why not have a non-title match? If you're going to have a non-title match, then why not have the champion lose where you're setting up a story? Having a a three-and-a-half-minute match where Charlotte Flair wins by using her submission, the figure eight, like, what is that? That does nothing for Ruby Riot. So coming out of there, it's just another win for Charlotte Flair, and it's a loss, another loss on top of loss for Ruby Riot. I disagree with you when the match should have been longer. Like, if if Charlotte was still going to go over last night, then, yeah, you can give me a little bit of a longer match with Ruby and help to get her over a little more and showcase her a little more, just like Charlotte did with Liv. But if you're going to have Ruby Riot slip over, you don't want to have a long match because the longer the match goes, the better Charlotte Flair is and the smarter Charlotte Flair is. Uh, there's no... No way in hell that Ruby Riot would be able to, uh, you know, find a way to beat Charlotte Flair 15 minutes in because Charlotte's that damn good. But if something were to happen at the five or six minute mark where Charlotte were to make a small error or Ruby was able to get out of the way and roll her up and the and the ref counts one, two, three, and as soon as the ref counts three, Charlotte kicks out and she's right back on her feet and Ruby has already slid out of the ring. We're coming on today and going, holy shit, Ruby yeah. Riot with one hell of an upset. And now, 
just like you said, Ruby Riot hasn't won in God knows how long, but all of a sudden that's all washed away because she caught the quick one on Charlotte. That's what I would have liked to have seen. Charlotte's Teflon. You, it, nothing is going to affect her. I mean, we put her over to the moon on this show. Why? Because she deserves to be put over to the moon. She's earned the, the, the being put over to the moon. How has she earned it? Because of her performances and because of her ability and because of her talent. If, that was, if that's me last night, I'm, I'm probably suggesting, hey, let's slip the kid over. Why not? We need to make somebody. And in that case, a win could really help make Ruby. And the other thing, too, Bully, because of the outcome of the match, you probably forgot, but the whole setup was a freaking mess because you have Charlotte Flair in the ring on Raw, and we'll get into that because you, you joked around about the wild card rule again with this brand. You know, they have it under a different name, but it's the same thing you get you know, four appearances a year and you you you, you got to give notice and you call your appearance. I mean, correct me if I'm wrong, but I think Charlotte Flair has already used up all of her appearances because she's on every show every single week. But I digress. That's a topic for when we come back from break. But Bully, when you look at the setup from last night, Charlotte Flair's in the ring. She's talking about Bailey on SmackDown. And then she says about how Ruby Riot has something to say to her. And she calls Ruby Riot out. Ruby Riot comes out, makes her entrance. They go to break, and when they come back from break, they're in a, they're in the match. What what the hell was that? I'm thinking some kind of verbal confrontation between Charlotte and Ruby Riot. They they there is no verbal confrontation, even though she said Ruby Riot had something to say to her. And when they come back from break, they're already in the match. A match, by the way, that lasted three minutes. Forced, right? Yes, very forced. Forced based on the verbiage, and then, oh, oh, Ruby's got something to say to me. So the whole segment seemed forced to you. And listen, we could sit here and we could talk about that. My main thing is this. I think that there's something there with Ruby. And it, and listen, I'll, I'll, go, I'll take you back behind the curtain. It's hard for me to say or acknowledge that I know Heyman sees something in Liv. I'm not sure if and why he does not see anything in Ruby. Because, like I said, we can agree. Unique look. Uh, I think she has talent that has not been tapped into yet. Let's do something with her. Let's, let's do a little something. As opposed to just throwing her out there and losing to Charlotte. Yeah, obviously. Okay, yeah, she lost to Charlotte. Big deal. Well, I mean, okay, so she, so she got some TV time. She got three or four minutes on TV. And she, and she lost. Saw that coming from a mile away. Yeah. I dare you to shock me. I dare you to, I dare you to, 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 to pop me and go, oh, my God, that was awesome. Now, if it was, if it was somebody that I did not – here, let's just take uh, – we got Ruby Riot, we got Liv Morgan, and we had Sarah Logan in the, uh, in the, in the, um, the Riot Squad, right? Yes. I don't, I don't think Liv should have slipped over on Charlotte. I, I think the fa- I think Liv got over more in having the longer match and getting over in losing. Last night, I would have definitely had uh, Ruby Riot go over. I don't think I would have said the same about Sarah Logan. For some reason, Liv and Ruby stand out to me more than Sarah. I'm just taking those three girls because they were all together. 
And now with Sarah Logan gone from the WWE and you have Ruby Riot and Liv Morgan, you're like, all right, they see the potential in these two. And you know what? You didn't, like, again, for Liv Morgan, where she was and what she was able to do in that match, it made sense. And she beat Ruby Riot twice. So imagine Ruby Riot going off on Charlotte. That also helps out Liv Morgan, too, because Liv Morgan beat Ruby Riot. So now all of a sudden you have contenders for Charlotte. Plus, you know, in these times, you need to put over superstars. That gets you something excited. Hey, anything can happen at any moment. Hey, I, I can't miss a segment of Monday Night Raw. Look what happened. If I would have missed that segment, I would have missed the end of that matchup. Now it feels like what you just said. I saw that coming from a mile away. Anything can happen at any moment. You just brought me back to like 2004 when Vince told me and Devon, hey, I want you to put over London and Kendrick, not London and Kendricks, I'm sorry, Billy Kidman and Paul London for the tag team championships. And I'm like, Vince, out of nowhere? You, they're, they're just going to beat us out of nowhere? And just, you're like, how does this make sense? Anybody can beat anybody on any given day. And he gave some reference, like some football reference about the 49ers and the Jets or, or something like that. Whoever was good back then. He goes, you never know what can happen on any given day. Sometimes the last place team can beat the first place team if the stars line up. Last night, the last place Ruby Riot could have beaten champion Charlotte Flair. There's no reason why a roll-up, not Kittner with her finish and laying Charlotte out. Hell no. Just catch a quick one. Soccer is a passion that goes beyond the sport. And Sirius XMFC's podcast, More Than a Game, brings that passion to you. Can you believe it? In each episode, FC's panel of experts take a deep dive into club histories, iconic grounds. Anfield has Bitter rivalries, and so much more. There's nothing like a Derby Day in Manchester. New episodes are available weekly by downloading the Pandora app and searching more than a game. I didn't like the show. (laughs) I'm sorry. I didn't like it, man. I did not like that show last night. Now, and listen, that's my opinion. Reading social media, Bully, there were people that did enjoy the show. And I understand some people like the quick matches, move, get, you know, let's keep it moving, let's keep it moving, show you something something different the next segment, something different the next segment. In that respect, okay, that's just not the way I like my wrestling. I like lengthy matches. I like matches that tell a story. On paper, there were good matches. I mean, bully, you have Shayna Baszler going up against Natalia. Three minutes? Three minutes for a matchup like that, bully? Come on. WWE could do better than that. Uh, listen, I agree that if you have Shayna and Natty uh, in a match, that that could go 10, 12, no problem. But if you take a look at the entire show, I mean, if I rattled off the entire three hours, they threw a bunch of stuff into this show. There was a lot of content last night. Uh, you said you didn't like the show. Tell me something you did like about the show. I, I loved, I, I know this is going to sound like a cop-out, I loved the Edge and Orton stuff. How would that be I mean, a cop-out? Because, of course, I'm going to love the Edge and Orton stuff. I mean, you know, for the most part, when they're in the ring together, they're going to make magic. And they did again last night. A continuing story from what we saw last week. 
I really don't think it's a cop-out. I, I think it's a fair assessment of two guys that you're emotionally invested in and you love their story. Why? Because these guys were done the right way from day one in the WWE. You were allowed to get invested in them emotionally. You care. You care about Edge and his busted up neck and you care to see randy orton get his ass kicked again you love one you hate the other you want to see what's going to happen who else do you love and hate on the current roster exactly i really mundo there's people i real i really like you know i think Zelina Vega does a really good job, though. They could be doing a hell of a lot more with her. Listen, that. doing Alistair a good Black job is very it, good. Stop. But- doing a good job was not the question. Do you love Edge? Yes. Do you hate Randy? I hate him. Tell me current roster stars that you love and hate just like Randy and Edge. Oh, they're, they're just like uh, Randy and Edge, there is no one. Because... The talent these days are not being groomed and bred the same way an Edge was or the same way an Orton was. The machine was behind those guys 100% at any given time. Listen, the machine was behind Randy since day one. Why? Obviously because he's an Orton and he had so much freaking talent, but because his talent was far superior to his dad's or his grandfather's. Yeah. I mean, I mean, he's light years uh, ahead of anybody else in his family and probably light years ahead of anybody else in the company. That's why the machine has been behind him. Why was the machine behind Edge? Because he was a great tag wrestler. Him and Christian had awesome chemistry. And when they branched off and Edge went off on his own, he was worth a million dollars as a singles talent. So we invest stories in these guys. We invest time in these guys. Are they doing the same with others? They do, are you not. Lo- do you love Apollo Crews? No, because they haven't given me a reason to love Apollo Crews. Other than the athleticism and how good he is in the ring, as far as a uh, emotional investment or a chemistry between him and the audience that's watching, there is none. And by the way, Bully, because you bring it up all the time, look at Angel Garza. I mean, that guy is a star. Like, how are they not doing more with Angel Garza? Like, if this was... I don't know, 10 years ago, 20 years ago, 30 years ago, 40 years ago, Angel Garza would be one of the, he would be a Gino Hernandez. He would be, he would be somebody that you would just love to hate because look at him. He's so athletic and he's, he's, you know, he's great looking, you know, you would be jealous. There'd be, there'd be hatred. There is no hatred for Angel Garza because he's not presented in a way where there would be any hate for Angel Garza. Zelina Vega, I think is a wonderful mouthpiece and an awesome manager and an awesome advocate if they gave her some meat to the bone a little bit where she could give you a little bit more of her personality and character and give her a reason to hate i mean for the most part everybody she's managing they lose on a weekly basis prime example what we saw last night so there's no reason to hate Zelina vega they have so much talent on the current roster, it's sick. It's almost like they don't know what to do. It's like having a, a, a kitchen full of just the best ingredients to make the awesome meal, but you don't have somebody that can cook. That's what's going on with Monday Night Raw right now. Angel Garza is dripping with heat. 
He's got heel. He's almost, I mean, obviously the Eddie comparison, which we've made before, but he almost has that Rick Rude-esque cockiness with the women. I mean, dear God, there's so much there. But now he's... Uh, for lack of a better word, I'll say he's kind of watered down in this group. And like at the uh, last night, Angel and um, Angel Garza and uh, who did they beat? Uh, they beat up. Uh, they beat up uh, the, the young kid, the, the younger guy. Uh, who, oh, Austin Theory. Yeah, but it was Angel and um, it was sorry, it was, sorry, uh, people, post concussion syndrome. No, no, no. It's but you know, are you talking about the beatdown that they gave to Austin yeah, Theory? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Come on, help me with the name here. Uh, Dear God, they... I'm asking the wrong guy. Will you're you the stop? worst. Ugh. You know, you're Angel asking... Garza. Oh, my God. What is wrong with you? I don't know. I, I'm drawing a blank. Who was in the ring with Angel Garza last night? Andrade. Who's the... Andrade, sorry, sorry, thank you. So God, Angel and Andrade beat the crap out of Austin Theory, right? Yes. Did you care? No. Why? Because there's no reason to care. Because you don't care about Austin Theory. Because if Austin Theory be- has been in the ring on Monday Night Raw for a cup of coffee. Exactly. There's not been any time to care. So when I see these guys beat these guys down, it's just like, okay, it's a beatdown. Build Austin Theory up a little bit before you beat him then, down, and then maybe I'll give a shit about why you beat him down. I thought Seth and Austin Theory did a great job in the hug moment later on in the show because I thought Austin Theory did a phenomenal job of selling just with his face the disillusionment or the shock of Seth hugging him. But we're taking Austin Theory out of one group and it looks like we're going to put him in another. Yeah, and and is like and and here's the thing, and I I had brain freeze when it came to Andrade, and listen, I don't mean to have brain freeze when it comes to Andrade because he's phenomenal, but again, there there's there's no emotional connection because it's fill in the blank. That could have been Angel Garza or Austin Theory or Buddy Murphy. These are all just kind of like God, excuse the term, please, but almost like lackeys. To say, like, you know, because they're just little pieces to a puzzle instead of being who they should be. Those should be must-watch superstars each and every week. But when there's no emotional investment, they are just pieces to a puzzle. And I'm sorry right now, they are just pieces to the puzzle. Bully, you know I love Zelina Vega. I praise her each and every week. And everybody knows that her and I are friends. And and this is not biased. You know, Bully, she is ultra-talented. But when she ha- she's managing wrestlers that on a week-to-week basis just lose... Then how are you emotionally invested in that faction? You know, are you? No, they're no threat. I mean, I know Andrade's got the U.S. title, but does that mean does that mean anything? It means nothing. I would rather see uh, to me a better use of those four talents: Zelina, Andrade. Um, Come on, help me with the names again, Dave. Wait, it's Angel, right now with, with Selena Vega, you had Angel Garza, Andrade, and Austin Theory, and then with Seth Rollins, you have Buddy Murphy. <laughs> okay. <laughs> to me, I would love I, to I don't see... know how we forget it. I don't bully. Not to interrupt. I don't know how we forget it because we see them each and every week. I don't Monday know how you forget it. I don't know how you forget it. 
I've had my brains caved in a couple of times. I have an excuse. What's yours? I sleepwalk through Raw on Monday nights. Oh, okay. <laughs> I would almost like to see the three of those guys all vying for Zelina's attention. Like, all trying to outdo one another because they want her managerial services or because they all have eyes for her. I'd rather see these guys all competing for that one manager and see her kind of playing them. Like, one day I give this guy some time, one guy I give this guy some time, but they're all doing my bidding. They all get lumped together, and as you said, not, they never win. I think that would be a better use of the individual talents, especially, um, what's the guy's name again? <laughs> Andrade, Angel Garza, Austin Angel. Theory. <laughs> 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 yes <laughs> that's just that's just my opinion because like i said you see a beatdown last night on austin theory he's 22 22 years old yeah he's talented i get it but i don't give a damn about him and not because feel- he not because he doesn't make me give a damn about him i haven't seen them give him anything to make me care that's what it's all about. It's not about moves. It's about emotions. I don't care that he can have a really great match. To me, that's gravy. I want to care about Austin Theory. And don't you think it's kind of rushed that in one segment, you know, he's getting the beat down from Angel Gar- Garza and Andrade, and then the next segment, he's being helped by Seth Rollins and then helping Seth Rollins in a match like I mean, it, that, you talk about going from one emotion to another almost on top of one another. Like, why don't they let that play out a little bit? Let have, let's have Austin Theory have some self-doubt. Let him, like, leave Andrade and Angel Garza and Zelina, go out on his own, start losing matches, and then saying to himself, maybe I can't do this on my own. And then Seth Rollins reaches, because that's what somebody like a Seth Rollins does, right? He waits until you hit rock bottom and then reaches out to you and offers his help. It was five minutes after the fact. Like, five, what, what, are, you, what are you doing? Like, first of all, have Austin Theory become a star under Zelina Vega, then get dropped from Zelina Vega, hit rock bottom by losing matches, and then reach out to Seth Rollins. They had that all happen within 20 minutes. Forced. 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 And you know what? Another thing, too, when I watch Raw, and you just said it before, watered down. It feels very watered down. He's Rick Kamler. Come on, man. He's Antonio Daniels. Cam, you got to give me more. Together, they host Give and Go. You've lost six games in a row. You just had a terrible ending of regulation. I'm rolling the dice. A player's worst enemy is himself. Of course he's going to want to play because he's a competitor. You don't get to that level without competing. But just because you want to be on the floor at all times, that does not mean that's what's best for you at that time. Give and Go. Weekdays from 1 to 4 p.m. Eastern on Sirius XM NBA Radio. Serious 207, XM86. Two things that I did like was, one, the package that they showed for Becky Lynch to start the show, and then, of course, Edge and Randy Orton. And I love the fact that, you know, Edge called it a sport. Again, something that you really don't hear in the world of the WWE, um, the word sport. And you heard it last night. You heard wrestling. You heard wrestler. You heard sport. And, boy, watching that segment last night, Bully, I didn't notice that there wasn't a crowd. I didn't notice Charlie Caruso. It was Edge and Orton, you know, 
having that conversation, that heated conversation between the two. They roped me in. There's no doubt about it. What I loved about it, when you just heard it in the clip, is Edge is hitting Randy right between the eyes with fact based on Edge's passion, passion of winning championships and passion about making it back to the WWE. And Randy just keeps shutting him down, basically telling him, shut up, yes or no. I don't care about all of your, your, your tale about coming back and your passion. I could give a damn less. Are you taking the match or not? Randy's reeling Edge in. Edge's anger got the best of him in that segment. Last week, we saw the self-doubt and the fear in Edge's face. Edge told such a phenomenal story last week, just with his facials without saying a word. And then last night, he says a bunch of stuff that makes complete sense but randy just keeps cutting him down and cutting him down he baited him in he goaded him in he got the answer that he wanted once again great stuff from randy and edge because i could see that playing out between anybody if me and you were got got into an argument dave and you started hitting me with all of these you know, with the, these facts or the semantics that have taken place all the time, I would just be like, dude, save it. I don't care. Yes or no. Just give me an answer so I can move on and you can move on. I don't care about your passion, Edge. I don't care about your broken neck anymore. Okay, yep, it's a sport. Can you beat me in the sport of pro wrestling? Yes or no? Yep, I'll give you, I'll, I'll, I'll put you over that you beat me in the, uh, in the last man standing match. Good for you. God bless you. More power to you. But this is not the, this is not the uh, professional last man standing business this is the professional wrestling business and when it comes to wrestling i'm light years ahead of you and always have been so what's it gonna be boy yes or no i love that paradise by the dashboard light song by meatloaf but you're 100 percent right bully and i boy, wanted to be they- a rock star but the but meatloaf already cornered the market on the 300 pound front man so i was shit out of luck i had to become a wrestler <laughs> No, but really, Bully, what you're saying, it's, it's it's right. What a different story they told last night as opposed to last week. Because last week was all about the self-doubt where, and again, I was upset about the fact they ended with Charlie Caruso because it should have ended with the expression on Edge's face. And funny how it is, Bully, that last night Randy Orton mentioned that expression on Edge's face. Another reason why they should have ended it the way that we talked about on the show last week. I love the fact that Randy was able to frustrate Edge because Edge is trying to make all these points about, you know, everything that meant so much to him, and Randy could care less. I don't care. Screw you and everything that you cared about. Screw your family. Screw your passion. Screw your intercontinental championship. Screw your broken neck. Don't care. Words, words, words. Blah, blah, blah. Wah, 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 wah. You sound like Charlie Brown's teacher. Yes or no? You going to wrestle me or not? And boom. He, he set the hook in Edge's mouth. Edge bit, and, and, and Randy reeled him right in. 
Your home for all things combat sports is Sirius XM Fight Nation. Start your day with Hall of Fame Pro Wrestling Talk on Busted Open. Respect these men and women that build the business. Then, the Barak Show keeps you up to date on all things boxing. Boxing is the theater of the unexpected. And MMA guru, Luke Thomas, has you covered for mixed martial arts. Joe Rogan is the most important influencer in all of MMA. The fight game broken down like nowhere else. Only on Sirius XM Fight Nation Channel 156. What shirt are you wearing? Dave LaGreca shirt where you can get at Pro Wrestling Tees. Just search Dave LaGreca. You're wearing a shirt of yourself? Yeah, it's, you know, that's all I do is wear my shirts. <laughs> I wear the shirt yeah, of myself, by the way, too. <laughs> by the way, Bully, hello. <laughs> I be, we're marks. No, it's like I'm, I'm like a wrestler with the WWE. I come out with my shirt. That head is so big. It's a big head. I got a big head. <laughs> <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> Long neck, big head. Um, what? What? I'm just. I'm just, just saying. Like I've been told. Been told. That's what I've been mouth. told. That's what I've been told. Look at, look, look, look at Andre. He's laughing so hard, snots <laughs> coming out of his nose. Of course, you can get my shirt on Pro Wrestling Tees. Just search Dave LaGreca. You know. You know where you can get my shirt? Where? Nowhere. Why? Because heels don't have merch. Yeah, you're definitely you're playing you're a, a goo. You're definitely playing a heel today. <laughs> Somebody's got to be the bad guy on this show. You like to stir the pot. You're the pot stirrer. Pot stirrer, stir the pot. Yeah, stick that. You know, never mind. Um, Zelina but, stirring the pot last night. Yeah, she did. Zelina, Zelina again. You know, Mark and I talk about it. You and I talk about it. She's definitely one of the reasons why you have to tune into Monday Night Raw each and every week. She's, no doubt listen, about she, it. We, we've been praising her for a while now, not because you're friends with her, but because I think she is maximizing all of the opportunities that have been given to her. Last night, I saw a comfort level within her on that microphone with Kevin Owens. So to me, you know, if you're on, if you're on a little bit of a verbal battle with Kevin, Kevin's really good on the mic. Yes. And I think she stepped up. She worked up to Kevin's level last night, did a very good job. It almost feels like this 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 faction has so much more potential. Yes. Um and I'm I'm not seeing it. They they're like they're like the faction version of Baron Corbin, but not nearly as over or or um multidimensional as Baron. See, Baron is a hated heel, and I don't care why you hate Baron. But as long, you know, but, but people hate him, and he can lose every night, but not lose an ounce of steam. Uh, Zelina's group is losing all the time and losing steam. See the difference? Yes. Okay. I do because it's it's all in the presentation. Baron Corbin is being presented as a main event wrestler. Case in point, last night he's in the main event going up against the WWE champion. They have him crossing shows. So even though Baron Corbin loses, and he loses a lot, he did win when it mattered. That's why he's King Corbin. And also he's presented as a main event guy. That's not how Zelina's wrestlers are being presented right now. And to me, if you have Zelina Vega and you have a talent like that and you know she's great on the microphone, because we, we first of all, Bully, we knew she was great on the microphone before she ever came to the WWE. Give her the microphone and let her go. Let her go. 
We talk about Edge and Orton, and listen, it's hard to compare Edge and Orton to anybody else that you saw on that show last night. Edge and Orton are first ballot Hall of Famers, but you have to make stars. So you know what I would do if I'm the WWE, especially now in this current climate? You know what? Zelina, here's the microphone. Go. Also, too, the show wasn't live last night. show was taped. So if you're in that type of situation, Zelina, here's the microphone. Let's see what you got. If it's terrible, bully, then you cut it out. But give her the microphone and let her go. Let her go. Let her tell us a story. Let her tell us why we need to fear Angel Garza and Andrade. Tell us a story. Let Zelina Vega tell us the story. Now, is Zelina Vega Paul Heyman? No, but maybe she could be. Maybe I gotta she, tell, maybe I gotta, she could be. Um, it's interesting you bring that up because when you think of managers in the WWE, obviously Heyman is, you know, he's the be-all, end-all when it comes to spokesperson, uh, manager, advocate, whatever you want to call it. When I sit back and I look at the role that Zelina has fallen into and the potential role of MVP, I I see three personalities there that I can definitely get into. I think Zelina's done a phenomenal job on the microphone. We all know how great MVP is, and he's showing just how valuable he can be to the company right now by doing... He comes across very, very real. MVP does an awesome job of taking WWE's verbiage and delivering it as MVP would. Just getting back to Andrade, Theory, and Garza real quick. You know, Zelina and Andrade were, you know, together first. Him being the talent, her being the manager. And I could, the story that I almost would have liked to have seen is her trying to expand um her her stable kind of like zelina's v- version of a uh of a dangerous alliance mm-hmm. and now she wants to recruit an angel garza but andrade doesn't take too kindly to that and then she and then you know uh, and then angels like the flavor of the month and then she goes out and she gets austin but uh, you know then angel and andrade don't take too kindly of that and now austin theory's the flavor and they're all trying to win her over for her services for her managerial abilities and th- i would have liked to have seen that stable come together that way with all these th- listen it, it mirrors real life how often do we see hey this could be a man or a woman but but you know like playing you know multiple people at one time i mean Lagreca, how many at one time you, you you had dozens and dozens of women vying for your attention mm. yeah. <laughs> no mm. no uh-huh. all right maybe a half dozen uh-huh. half a half uh, one yeah yeah <laughs> but like that's what i've like would have loved to have seen out of these guys because it would have it, it would have almost got me to invest more in them and then you almost see like that gang mentality when it backfires where the hyenas of andrade and austin now start i'm sorry andrade and and um Angel start looking at Austin like you're the one that keeps losing. You're the one that keeps costing us. And then they gang up on them, on him. Yeah. Yeah. And then you know what? Have the commentators tell that story as well. Like, 
you know, Byron Saxon at the end saying, well, he was just trying to help. Like, why is he saying that? Like, first of all, he, he was a distraction. He wasn't involved in the match. What he was trying to do was illegal. Like, I don't need Byron Saxton coming in. Well, he was just trying to help. That, that, that was a foolish line by Byron Saxton. But you could have done it the right way with the commentators week by week saying, boy, you know, Boy, Angel Garza did a great job in that match, but once again, Austin Theory takes the loss. You know, it's, geez, Andrade, U.S. champion, man, you know, definitely had that match. It looked like, you know, looked like, you know, Andrade was going to get the win for the team, but Austin Theory took the loss. Let the commentators tell that story and how, you know, Austin Theory is the weak link. And then you get the beatdown on Austin Theory when it's just one loss too many. And Zelina Vega's like, I took a chance on you. You failed me. You lose. You lose for us each and every week. And then you get the beatdown. And then you could have what you had with Seth Rollins. Instead of it being forced and rushed like it was last night. And you could have given me a week or two of Austin Theory trying to get back into the good graces of Zelina. And she shuns him. The other two guys just keep beating him down. Eventually, he's a broken young boy. Because listen, Austin Theory is only like 22, 23 years old. Almost tell the story as if his career is over before it even started. He was on NXT. All of a sudden, he's on the main roster. Now he's getting his ass kicked. And the wrestling business is about to forget about him. He's going to be a blip on the radar of wrestling's history. And then the black hand gets extended to him. And when he has no place to turn and nowhere to go to and, and has no idea where his future lies, that's when Seth brings him in. Because now it shows a weakened Austin theory, a mind that can be manipulated. And now it just shows how much more of an evil, maniacal, kind of David Koresh-esque messiah Seth Rollins is. And it just, that, Bully, first of all, you, you have three hours each and every week. You could tell that story beautifully on a Monday Night Raw. And then you could have the buildup throughout the show. And again, the commentators need to help this out. I think Samoa Joe has definitely improved the commentating team on Monday Night Raw. Probably not as much as I thought he would, though he is by far the best of the three. But Tom Phillips and Byron Saxon aren't really doing a good job of storytelling on Monday Night Raw. They're actually, if you look at, at, at NXT right now, with Morrow being back, and especially Beth Phoenix, are killing it on commentary compared to what we're seeing on Mondays. It kills me to hear you say those words about Tom Phillips. And why is that? About a year ago, we were putting Tom Phillips over to the moon. We were. As like the comp, like one of the best guys there. I, I, I don't think it has anything to do with Tom Phillips. I think it has to do with the voices in his earpiece telling him what to say. Agreed. And, and, and I, I said this on Friday, coming off of NXT from Wednesday. Beth Phoenix was amazing on commentary. This past Wednesday, I, to the point like I can't wait to hear her tomorrow night on NXT. You know, Byron Saxon, like the, the, they they don't add anything. They they really are the definition of talking heads, and I hate saying that because, like you said, we praise Tom Phillips to the moon, but I think you can definitely tell 
that they're not given the freedom or the creativity to honestly tell the story that's happening in the ring. And the biggest glaring thing is the storyline right now with Austin Theory. That's where you really need the commentary to tell the story. Again, Byron Saxon saying, why are they doing this to Austin Theory? He was only trying to help. That was really a terrible line by Byron Saxton coming off of what we saw last night. Listen, you've heard Mick Foley talk about it. You've heard Taz talk about it. You've heard JR talk about it. Who is in their ear? Vince McMahon. So this is where the commentary is coming from at least 50% of the time. He feeds lines based on the story that he would like told. And this is where the commentary position in the WWE come, becomes, it's a difficult job to do because you're trying to react to what you see with your own eyes. And just as you're about to react, you have Vince in your ear telling you how you should react or what you should be saying. And that might not mirror what you wanted to say. So you're saying that Byron's line shouldn't have been said or is not the right thing to say or it didn't work or it didn't and fit. And the timing was terrible. It might not have been Byron's line. Listen, that's as honest and factual as I can be about commentary. You because have, at the, You have a I'm, lot of people in your ear. And I, and I understand that, and like it's easy for me to criticize, but I have to criticize because we're basing it off of what we saw last night. Now, I'm not pointing – it's hard for me maybe to point the finger of blame from on Byron Saxton, but it's coming out of his mouth. Now, whether that comes from somebody in the back, I'm sure you're right, Bully, because the proof is in the pudding. We've heard it from Mick Foley. We've heard it from Taz, where you constantly have somebody in your ear, and that's got to be impossible. If I'm hosting this show – with you, Bully, and Gabby, who's our producer, is constantly in my ear. A, I'm going to miss things. I'm not going to be able to concentrate what's going on in the ring. And I'm going to say things that are being said to me without even fully understand why I'm saying it. I think that line from Byron Saxon last night is an example of it. Because when he said that, Austin Theory's a heel. Austin Theory's with Selena Vega. She's with Angel Garza. And with he's, he's with Andrade. He's in the ring with faces. Now, things are getting turned. We're in the process of things getting turned around. We're in the process of where Austin Theory is now getting caught up on a distraction where he cost his team the match. He just So he illegally distracted in hopes for his team to win, and it backfired on him. That should have been what Byron Saxton talked about. Not like, hey, wait a second. Why are you yelling at poor Austin Theory? He was only trying to help. Awful timing, awful line. So if that was fed to him, horrible, horrible, because at that moment, Austin Theory is still a heel. Let it play out first before you say something like that. Thanks for listening. Catch us Monday through Saturday on Busted Open from 9 a.m. to noon Eastern on Sirius XM. Fight Nation, Channel 156. The Busted Open Podcast. NetCredit is here to say yes because you're more than a credit score. Apply in minutes and get a decision as soon as the same day. Loans offered by NetCredit or lending partner banks and serviced by NetCredit. Application subject to review and approval. Learn more at netcredit.com slash partners. NetCredit. Credit to the people.